Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Nights Podcast. Last week, we left off with John 1, and we were at the feast in Winterfell. And we are still in Winterfell. The feast is behind us, and we are back in the head of Catelyn Stark. This chapter opens up in Catelyn and Eddard Stark's room in Winterfell. It just so happens that their room is the warmest in the castle. So Winterfell was built over a natural hot spring, and those scalding hot waters rushed through the castle walls like blood through a man's body. So Catelyn... His baths were always steaming hot. Her walls were always warm to a touch. She rarely needed a fire. So Winterfell itself is not like the most glamorous castle in Westeros. It's more rugged. It's big and practical. And Brandon the Builder surely picked this spot because of the hot springs and uh, what's underground. Now, Catelyn and Ned just got finished screwing. And Ned is thinking about what to do, like what his next move should be. He's been thinking this over ever since since Robert asked him to come south with him and be his hand. And there's this one line in here where Martin is setting the scene for Catelyn and Ned to talk about the choice he has to make. And that line is, the wind swirled around him as he stood facing the dark, naked and empty-handed. That's Ned's future. He will be naked as a baby lamb in King's Landing, empty-handed and in a dungeon surrounded by darkness. Things like that are so easy to miss, but I can't help but think that this is gardening to show us how Ned will fare in King's Landing. So Ned Stark, smart man that he is, has heeded all the warnings that came up in his first chapter. The ghost of the Kings of Winter looking on disapproving. He's heeding it all the red flags that Robert shown him in the crypts. He's heeding it. He's decided he will refuse Robert. But Catelyn, she, she doesn't agree. She says, you cannot. You must not. Ned is like, you know my duties are here in the north. Like, this is my place. But Catelyn's fear is that King Robert won't understand that. Like, King Robert, he's a king. Kings give orders and expect other people to follow these orders. Like, Kings have pride. Like, Catelyn is pushing Ned in this direction out of fear. Catelyn fears that Ned refusing Robert would put them in danger. And she does make a valid point, if it were another king, but it's Robert. And Ned says as much, Robert is my brother. He will roar, curse, and bluster, but later they will laugh about it. But Catelyn is like, he's a stranger. He's not the same man that you knew. And and that resonates with Ned because we know when Ned seen Robert, like he barely recognized him. And we, But we do find out later that Ned does have the truth of it. When Ned resigns later in King's Landing, Robert roars and cusses and they laugh about it later. So Catelyn is right to give this counsel to Ned, but her view is a little skewed because Catelyn keeps thinking about this dire wolf that was killed by the stag in Bran 1. The dire wolf found with the ant, um, stag horn in his throat. So Catelyn thinks that this is an omen, and it is. 
clearly, which is why Ned should keep his ass in Winterfell and away from stags. So Catelyn is also ambitious. Yes, she has them Southern ambitions, which isn't a bad thing in itself. But when you have these kind of ambitions... It can cloud your judgment. So her ambition comes through hard in her desperation to convince Ned that he must accept this position with the king. Catelyn sees it as honors and Ned sees it as fuckery. He offers his own son in marriage to our daughter. What else would you call that? Sansa might someday be queen. Her sons could rule from the wall to the mountains of Dorne. What is wrong with that? And Ned is like, for God's sakes, lady, Santa is only 11 and Joffrey is a piece of shit. Although Catelyn didn't let him say it. He, she just kind of corrects him like he's the crown prince. So then she brings up Ned's brother, Brandon Stark, and how she was supposed to wed Brandon and how Ned was never supposed to be Lord. And it dredges up like a lot of sadness and grief. And Ned Stark doesn't have an ounce of ambition. He doesn't have an ambitious bone in his body. He's of the North and he would be content to live out his days amongst the snow and ice of Winterfell with his wife and children. Brandon. Yes, Brandon would know what to do. He always did. It was all meant for Brandon. You, Winterfell, everything. He was born to be a king's hand and a father to queen. I never asked for this cup to pass to me. I swear, it breaks my heart knowing the kind of man that Ned Stark is and ultimately where he ends up. And knowing that this isn't anything that he wants nor asked for. And a lot of Ned Stark is echoed in Jon Snow more than anyone. And it's kind of clear to see like the cup passing to the one who it wasn't meant for is a big theme with Jon and the relationship between Jon and Rob. And you'll see it later in the books. I know I say edgy shit like Ned's actually stupid and things like that but I fucking love Ned Stark and his character and just everything that he represents but Ned going against everything in his body that's telling him not to go is stupid he he should listen to that so we go on to learn that Ned married Catelyn in Brandon's place and Catelyn says that Brandon's shadow still lays between them and so does the shadow of another, a shadow of a woman he would not name, a woman that born him his bastard, Jon Snow. So before we can process any of that shit, Maester Lewin is at the door begging an urgent audience. So Catelyn is suddenly hit by this coldness. I would call that... A warning. Soon as Maester Lewin comes in with like all of his news, like it just keeps getting colder and colder in the room. Catelyn's getting more and more cold and having to pull blankets on her. She's shivering. It's totally symbolic of death. So Maester Lewin is an old man with gray eyes and balding gray hair. He's the maester in service to Winterfell and he's been for years. He's delivered all of Catelyn's children with the exception of Rob because Rob was born in River Run. So they receive a warning. There was no rider, my lord, only a carved wooden box left on the table in my observatory while I napped. My servant saw no one, but it must have been brought by someone in the king's party. We have had no other visitors from the south. Inside this box was a lens for the observatory from Mir. The lens crafters from Mir are supposed to be like the best in the world. So Maester Lewin knows lenses are to see things more clearly or closely. And Maester Lewin discovered a false bottom in the box and a letter. The letter was 
was addressed to Lady Catelyn. Catelyn is terrified because the letter is clearly from her sister, Lysa. It's sealed with the blue wax and the moon and falcon seal of House Aaron. So Lysa had written this message in a secret language that Catelyn and her shared as children. So Ned's out of patience. Like he, he just keeps asking Catelyn, like, what does it say? What does it say? And Catelyn tells him Lysa says John Aaron was murdered and killed by the Lannisters. But more specifically, Lysa names the queen. So Ned is like, your sister is sick with grief. She cannot know what she's saying. But Catelyn is sure that she knows. She's like, Lysa's impulsive, but this letter is carefully planned, cleverly hidden. Her sister would never risk so much. Now, Catelyn had just earlier counseled Ned on how Robert had changed, but she doesn't consider that her sister might not be the same woman that she knew all those years ago. And that's a true error on her part, a huge oversight. So Catelyn is like, okay, that's it. You have no choice. You must go. You must now go be Robert's hand. But Ned's like, shit, this is all the more reason I should stay where the fuck I am. The only truths I know are here. The South is a nest of adders I would do best to avoid. This is what makes it so frustrating because Catelyn and Maester Lewin are giving Ned horrible counsel. It's sound counsel to be sure. Like it's, it's sound, but Ned Stark knows what's best. He has said it over and over, but they keep at him until he gives in. It's like Ned doesn't know what to do. So he listens to them instead of his inner voice. That's telling him to run the other way. So they've convinced him. They've convinced Ned. He will become hand to protect Robert and Lysa and sweet. Robin and his own children. But Catelyn sees this as a victory. She's convinced her husband to march straight into a den of snakes. So to be fair, she just isn't aware that she's being played by her own sister and Littlefinger and that this is a victory that's going to turn sour fast. Now, Ned tells her immediately that she can't come with him. She has to stay here. There must always be a Stark in Winterfell and that she will stay in Winterfell with Rob and Rickon. And he's taking Arya Sansa and Bran with him. So there are a few things that I want to address. The first thing is Ned saying there must always be a Stark in Winterfell. I think at one moment that meant something like at one place in time that meant something to do with the others or the White Walkers and holding the North and the pact. It it had some magical, mystical meaning. It had some significant importance that was lost with all the time that's passed since the long night. But the second thing I wanted to talk about that still sticks out to me is Catelyn being pretty fine with Arya and Sansa leaving, but Bran was like a completely different story. Sansa would shine in the South, Catelyn thought to herself, and the gods knew that Arya needed refinement. Reluctantly, she let go of them in her heart. But not Bran, never Bran. Yes, she pleaded, but please, Ned, for the love you bear me, let Bran remain here at Winterfell. I never quite understood this, but apparently Catelyn has major favoritism for Bran and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. It, it, Is it just because he's just a sweet loving boy that loves to climb or is there something more to the bond, something magical, something green seerish? I would like to know your thoughts about that. And now we're going to cut right into why I do not love Catelyn Stark. 
And that's Jon Snow. What of Jon Snow, my lord? Maester Lewin asked. Catelyn tensed at the mention of the name. Ned felt the anger in her and pulled away. Catelyn Stark hates Jon Snow. And she explains it here a little. She wasn't mad that Ned had fathered a bastard. She said it was a common thing that men did. She almost expected it since he was off to war for almost a year. She expected that if he had a child, a bastard, bred at war, he would see to the child's needs. But to her utter horror, Ned Stark brought his bastard home with him and called him son for all the North to see. And when the wars were over and Catelyn with baby Rob showed up at Winterfell, Jon Snow and his wet nurse were already there and settled in. So Catelyn says that this cut deep. And then she tells us the story of Ashara Dane and Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning, Ned slaying Arthur Dane in single combat, and Ned carrying his legendary sword Dawn all the way back to Starfall. So whispers were that Ashara Dane was possibly Jon Snow's mother. So if Ashara Dane was Jon Snow's mother, why wouldn't Ned say so? Why would it need to be kept a secret? I don't think it would need to be a secret. Ned is constantly haunted by Liana, not Ashara. Whoever John's mother was, it was a secret. I think one of the big red flags here is whoever Jon Snow's mother was, it was a secret he did not trust even his wife with. So when Catelyn asked Ned about John and who his mother was, Catelyn said that was the only time in all their years together that Ned had truly frightened her. Never ask me about John, he said, cold as ice. He is my blood and that is all you need to know. And now I will learn where you heard that name, my lady. She had pledged to obey. She told him. And from that day on, the whispering had stopped. And Ashara Dane's name was never heard in Winterfell again. So Catelyn begged Ned to send Jon Snow away. And Ned refused. And Catelyn hated it. Hated it. She had come to love Ned, but never John. John looked more of a Stark than any of Ned's children, and that made it worse for Catelyn. So Catelyn told Ned, John must leave now. He can't stay here. Like, you're leaving. He gotta go. And Ned is like, but Rob and John are close. I hoped, and Catelyn cuts him off. He can't stay here. He's your son, not mine. I will not have him. And she basically admits to herself that she will be cruel to him if he stays here. She says Ned would do the boy no kindness by leaving him in Winterfell. And she says the look Ned gave her was one of anguish. So we know from A Dance of Dragons that Bran's visions um, in the godswood of Ned, Ned prayed to the old gods that Rob and John would grow up close as brothers. And for Ned to build this bond between Rob and John, and, and just to have it torn apart because this woman can't get over the fact that this man has been a good father and brought his son home to raise is devastating. It's devastating. Ned asks her, how can you be so damnably cruel, Catelyn? He is only a boy. His fury was on him. He might have said more and worse, but Maester Lewin cut in. Another solution presents itself, he said, his voice quiet. Your brother Brenjan came to me about John a few days ago. It seems the boy aspires to take the black. 
So Ned can't take John with him to King's Landing because John will be shunned because he's a bastard, which is a blessing in disguise for John. But Catelyn loved the thought. She wanted to kiss Maester Lewin for saying it, for saying that Jon Snow was going to go to the... Like, Catelyn is happy not only because John doesn't have to stay in Winterfell, but because when he takes the Black, he will father no sons that could rival her children or grandchildren for Winterfell. She's a cold bitch. Ned would have never let John join the Night's Watch at 14 years old. Like the no one wants their kid or anybody they care about joining the Night's Watch, let alone a 14-year-old boy. But Catelyn forced his hand. John had nowhere else to go. I blame Ned for not checking Catelyn and putting her in her place. And I try to understand that this is a different place. Like there's a different society standards. But this is a child. I, I don't think it's okay to mistreat a child. I don't care what society standards are. And and I and I understand a little bit and I and I sympathize with Catelyn a little bit. Like I understand that it's hard when your husband has a kid outside of you, but Ned was a stranger to her. It wasn't like she was so in love and heartbroken that he stepped out on her and cheated on her. It was about her pride and honor and most importantly her children's birthrights. So Catelyn does become more likable later on, but right now I cannot stand this woman. And for the life of me, I can't understand why Game of Thrones changed this scene up so much because you don't see Catelyn for the ambitious, fierce, mother, bastard hater that she is. Because in the show, she's like trying to convince Ned to stay in Winterfell when it's really not that at all. But what are your thoughts on Game of Thrones Catelyn 2? I will be back next week with the She-Wolf of Winterfell, Arya Stark. If you would like to help this podcast, all you need to do is give me a review, leave a comment, leave a like, depending on where you're listening. As always, thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.